0: What's up, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Bumper Sticker Faith. My name is Lewis Dude. I got my brother Sam Key in the house. What's up, brother?
1: I am enjoying your I Have a Bean coffee today.
0: My I Have a Bean, I don't know if I can take credit for it. You but have I a have
1: shirt a shirt on that says I Have a Bean.
0: I do, man, and I ain't got nothing with me, but I can get some. Mm. <laughs> I was just at I Have a Bean yesterday, man, watching a video that they made about the company. Great, great video. Great company. They're not sponsoring us they kind of are cuz I be
1: getting coffee there. That's her. true. They don't know that I'm like <laughs> That's providing
0: true. it here but you know. That's true. We could maybe make it formal in the future. Yeah. So man I'm excited about today's show because we mm-hmm. got somebody on here that I actually know. Mm-hmm. And I don't like no no know, know him but mm-hmm. I know him, you know, and we mm-hmm. spent some time together in the class. Is my boy, Kevin Halloran. What's up, Kevin? How you doing, brother? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to be here.
2: Good to hang out, too, with you guys. I know both of you from way back when and mm-hmm. don't see enough of you guys.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we be tri- I be I'll be ripping and running. I don't know what Sam be doing. I think he just sits back and kind of grows his beard and, like, <laughs> butters it with that beard butter. I don't yeah, know. Whatever <laughs> he does, it's working. It's Oop. working, yeah. A little for
1: the eggs, a little for the beard.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, man, today... Man, Kevin, I met him at the Orchard um, hmm. Church, Orchard Evangelical Free Church, I believe, in Arlington Heights at first. And it was a class they had where, as you referenced earlier when we were talking, like, we don't even know if it had a name yet. You know, and I, I was fortunate to go to the last class, like the one at the very end. And it was just a friend had told myself and another friend about it. And they're like, man, you just got to go as great. So I'm like, okay, I love mm-hmm. going and learning. So I went mm-hmm. And this guy started talking. And I was like, Hmm. man, that's that dude from the radio, (laughs) from Moody Radio. And I was like, I thought that dude was like in Scotland somewhere, Mm -hmm. but he like right here in Arlington Heights in the A." Like the Northern A, like the A, the A is like Atlanta, but this is like the A of Chicagoland, <laughs> Arlington Heights. And I'm like, man, like this dude is raw, like raw meaning good. Like he dope, <laughs> dope have, as in good. You don't have the chance. Well, to you know, some of our listeners might be like dope. Like he's talking about dope and he's talking about raw food. Like, don't you know you can get salmonella? Yeah. So like it was just a great experience. And then they formally started it up. They called it Momentum. And that I was, was Colin Smith. That was Colin okay, Smith. Was I was up. I was accepted to be a part of it, which was a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And and I learned so much, and it's helped me so much in ministry. And that's where I met you at, Kevin. I think you were kind of shaking and doing some like, what were you doing at that time? Mm-hmm. I was at Trinity
2: working on my MDiv for part of that time. Part of that time, maybe there was an overlap I was serving with Unlocking the Bible. Okay. It's now called Open the Bible, which mm-hmm. now I'm actually back serving with. Oh
1: and in God's Spanish, grace. it's called
2: Abre la Biblia. Hmm. Abre la Biblia. That's a new,
1: that's new, right? A new, um, app yes. or a new...
2: It is a new venture. We do not yet have a website, mm-hmm. but will soon, and a lot of really great resources mm-hmm. coming. And you say
1: we because you work for Open the Bible. Yes. And that Spanish uh part in particular, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's my project. So. I already
1: interrupted your question. What did you ask? No,
0: no, no. I was just asking like, what, like back then when I met you, so you were working on your MDiv and then you were doing some stuff with Unlocking mm-hmm. the Bible. Okay. And then... This you know, like I said, we got lots of questions, but it can be organic. So I'm kind of, I'm take Sam say you get in the driver's seat. So I'm driving a stick, and I ain't never drove a stick before. So I might jump from first gear to fourth gear, and you might hear a little grinding, but it's okay. If you're listening to this, please pray for us. Pray for (laughs) us. That's right. Which that's what we're gonna be talking about in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So so you like, we're doing that, and at some point you like tell us about your. Like going out of the country, like the first time you went out of the country, like where was it? When was it?
2: Yeah, I studied abroad my junior year of college in Ecuador and I had studied Spanish before then. I didn't really have a vision for what I would do with Spanish other than, you know, pass classes and Hmm. move on to the next thing. But I got an email in my inbox in college and there was this great opportunity to study abroad and I heard good things about it. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll go. Maybe it'll help me get a job after college. And Mm -hmm. when I was there in Cuenca, Ecuador, I just fell in love with uh, the culture and I grew a lot in Spanish speaking abilities, kind of one of those sink or swim type Mm -hmm. situations. And uh, it just kind of clicked. And I decided I want to keep growing in Spanish and I want to do whatever I can to serve Spanish speakers around the world. Mm -hmm. And so that hasn't always been my main focus, but it's never... uh, Never gotten off my radar and mm. thankful to have married a native Spanish speaker and mm. I've had different opportunities mm. to uh, serve in Latin America, doing short-term trips to train leaders with the previous organization I was with. And uh, yeah, love the Spanish speaking mm. world.
0: So you chose, so first thing you did was you learned Spanish. Why did you select Spanish as a language to learn?
2: Well, way back in, would it have been sixth grade? We had to, you had to take a foreign language at my school, which is probably a government requirement, I don't okay. think, for the state. And it was either Spanish or French. And my reasoning was, I'll choose Spanish because I'll actually use it around here, maybe. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And it seemed to be a good choice. Okay. All I right. chose. It's, I chose Latin.
0: Did you? I chose Koine Greek.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Koine Greek. (laughs) No, I'm
0: I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying.
1: No, it was Classical Greek, even higher than Koine. Okay, well, you know,
0: any kind of Greek other than like um, feta, or what's that? What's that cheese you set on fire? You know, like that's all I know, and I don't even know that Greek Mm -hmm. yogurt's good. I don't like yogurt, man. Hmm. Anyway, so so you studied abroad, (laughs) and things were good. I take it right. Yeah, it was
2: a special semester for me. It seems like the Lord had his special hand on it in in some way, maybe preparing me for the future. And when I was at Trinity, this is after my undergrad, I knew I wanted to do something in Spanish, possibly. I knew I enjoyed, you know, writing and kind of online communication. I also knew I liked teaching and preaching the word. And so I had a lot of different experiences and smaller ministry opportunities while in seminary and didn't really focus on one or the other, just kind of bounced around. And I felt bad at the time thinking, Oh man, I'm not going to be able to graduate and have, you know, a a ministry opportunity. I'm going to have to choose one. I'm trying to do too much, but it seems like the Lord had his hand in all of those desires Mm -hmm. and moved me forward. And I served with a missions organization that trains pastors, as I said, uh, called word partners now served there for about seven or eight years and had a lot of opportunity to teach and preach and train in Latin America and love that. Um, really life-changing experience doing that. And a lot of really dear friends, uh, people I met through that uh, in the travels that we had mm-hmm. and prepares me now well for what I'm doing with open the Bible, which is leading the leadership training, uh, that's called open the Bible for leaders. It's actually a lot like the, the class that we had with pastor Colin way back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of able to take that to the world through uh, online learning in Spanish, uh, in, English, in English. And it, it's coming okay. in Spanish, Lord willing in the fall. Wow. Um, and I'm able to start up the Spanish arm of open the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, which has some really exciting mm-hmm. things.
1: Uh, well, today our focus is to talk about your book. It came out in 2021, correct? Uh, and it's called, and I have a copy here, When Prayer is a Struggle. So today's topic we're going to be talking about uh, is prayer, obviously. And this book uh, published by PNR Publishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. It's a great book. Great little book. Had the chance to read it and then listen to it as well a couple of times. So uh, both both of those versions are available out there
2: but why'd you write the book? I wrote the book When Prayer is a Struggle because prayer was a struggle and sometimes is a little bit. Uh, But I realized about 10 years ago, I needed a book like this. I was at a season of my life where I was growing. I was learning a lot. I loved the Lord, wanted to pursue him more. And when it came time to pray, I just really couldn't get anything going, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I put, would put in effort, but it seems like the same obstacles kept coming up time and time again. And uh, that led to a, a short season where I would probably complain more about prayer than I actually sought to grow in prayer. Mm. And at one point, after complaining about prayer, I, I was convicted by the Lord. And I I told him, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know this doesn't say good things about my view of you you're worth pursuing and not complaining about. And so I I said, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to work hard to grow in prayer mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes to overcome these obstacles. But also please help me because I want to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason I complained about how prayer was difficult and a struggle is because I heard other people do that too, you know, whether it be at school or at church or small group I was in and, um, you know, thought that, oh, that's just the normal experience and that's okay, instead of kind of leaning in to the challenge of it and finding tools to help me grow. Mm-hmm. And so that's the heart behind the book. But
1: still, even in that context, it's kind of ironic slash funny that you're praying to God, Yeah, <laughs> praying to him saying it's hard to pray, but yet you're still doing it at the same time. So at least you had that going for you, right? And you, and you kind of recommend that. In the book is is like, if someone is struggling, like bring those struggles to God and talk with him about it. Because in the act of talking to him, you're talking to him, right? Exactly.
2: You're you're still praying. And it's amazing as you look through the Psalms, how, how you see the Psalmist just open up their heart and even say things that like on the face of them ask questions. It's like, well, the Psalmist knows that's not true. Why is he asking? Well, he's revealing his heart to God, pouring mm-hmm. his heart out to God, and that shows that, you know, God giving us that psalm shows us that God knows what's going on inside mm-hmm. and that He'll take mm-hmm. care of us.
0: Well, so just for our listeners' sake and for mine too, what like what are what were or are some struggles that were f- personal to you with praying?
2: Yeah, I think there are some. I, I like to think of prayer struggles in a couple different categories. Some are like mm-hmm. felt. And some are struggles we probably have, but aren't aware of the felt ones that I had the most about 10 years ago. And, um, thankfully there are a couple of the easier ones to overcome, I think with the right tools and mindset are one of them is not knowing what to say to God. Okay. <clears throat> Often we get into patterns and you say the same thing to God all the time and, <laughs> You get bored, and I'm guilty of that. Yeah, it's uh, and and that's not wrong. We can repeat, mm-hmm. but sometimes you you know you do it mindlessly, and mm-hmm. that's praying without faith. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't expect God to hear prayers without mm-hmm. faith, as you know it says a number of places in Scripture. Um And so we stop praying because oh well I don't have anything else to say. Mm. But and I'll share what may be the most helpful soundbite of this interview. The the best thing I can say to that, and probably to the topic of prayer in general is just pray in response to what the Bible says. (laughs) Pray with an open Bible, because if you read God's word, um, God is speaking to you and you can respond. And that helps you know what to say Mm -hmm. and you're saying uh, the right things. Mm -hmm. And we can talk more about praying the Bible Mm -hmm. later if you guys want. So not knowing what to say was a big struggle for me, but also not being able to focus was another struggle. And I think a lot of people in our tech generation especially deal with that but uh, we can't fully blame technology because you know it's been a struggle <clears throat> forever for every saint throughout time i think there's just mm-hmm. always other stuff on our minds and our hearts but if we can find uh, the right practices to to be able to focus if we can you know pray with our phone in the other room or mm-hmm. um for me, it helps to walk as I pray, mm-hmm. you know, walk around my neighborhood, mm-hmm. or even pacing back and forth uh, in my house focused on a text of Scripture and praying it or a prayer list I have. It helps.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, like my biggest struggle. Well, my To date, my biggest struggle is neither of those that you mentioned except at the end, like when you say walking and praying, like mine is like falling asleep. I could slept 20 hours mm-hmm. and be fresh and ready to go. I could have worked out or played a game of basketball and adrenaline's pumping. If I close my eyes in a matter of seconds, I'm dozing off. So my best prayer time is when I'm like cutting the grass. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't fall asleep. It's mindless <laughs> work, right? All I got to do is, yeah. you know, don't run over the yeah. daisies, you know, but it's like, I can just mm-hmm. like be paying attention, but not paying attention. And, I've had some of my best prayer yeah. time and I can't stand cutting the grass and I got a zero turn more. So i not, I'm not even working for real, you know, it's doing all the work, but it's just like, that's some of my best time. So yeah. I have to be active is my mm-hmm. point. That's my biggest struggle is the distractions. I can take care of that. Mm-hmm. What to say. I, I've never struggled with what to say.
1: I really like the walking thing too. Uh, something that I, that I've done too, picked a little path in my house, you know, just walked around mm. in circles or whatever. But like, uh, the Greek word peripateo, you may remember what that means, It means to walk around. And the peripateto—that was those were the those who walked around with Jesus. They were his followers. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a great tradition and in, um, in even in Greek philosophy about the amount that we're able to learn connected with walking. And like you get your best thoughts when you're walking. And and surely that's the same the same with prayer. There's something about it,
0: I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it works great for me, being active. But well, I, I, I like what
1: you said back about the uh, the first thing about praying uh, prayers of Scripture, or even of other people. Like, you said something in the book that, uh, that, that was pretty memorable, and that was some people think that if I copy someone else's prayers or read someone else's prayers, that, oh, it's not the same thing. But you point out that, we do that with worship songs. We do that with hymns. Like, I've sung Amazing Grace, I don't know how many times in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm saying someone else's prayer, essentially singing it. So why can't we do the same with people's written prayers? And I thought that's, that's really helpful, really good. Um, yeah, I don't have anything more about that, but I just thought that was a good observation.
2: Yeah, and that's another avenue we can take if we struggle to know what to say to God. You know, grab... Yeah the Valley of Vision or, you know, there's a lot of good prayer books out there and pray in faith Mm -hmm. those words. And you'll find not only you have words, but you pray for things that you wouldn't have prayed for without, you know, an older, wiser, more godly Christian praying those Mm -hmm. things. And as like, you'll pray them to God, but it'll also kind of shape and move your heart as Mm -hmm. you do that. So it's a Great practice.
1: Even artists, when they're being trained how to do artwork, they're told to copy like great works, you know, great paintings. And I think this is.
2: Helps inspire you. Yeah, kind of yeah. similar.
1: And you have some resources in the back of this book. So if people get the book, or when people get the book, <laughs> That's I should right. say. When they get it. When they do, in the back, uh, you have suggested resources, right? Mm-hmm. And what are some of those you have in there? Do you have. Um, the Valley of Vision that you just mentioned?
2: I believe it's back there.
1: Okay, so Valley of is a great little Puritan pra- uh, prayer book, fantastic prayers. But yeah, there's a bunch, some from Spurgeon and older ones, Donald Whitney, Martin Luther. Martin Luther's a simple way to pray. He wrote that for his barber, right? He did,
2: which is why I love it, because it's short and yeah, so Yeah, tell us practical. about that one. Yeah, Luther wrote that for his barber. His barber asked him, you know, give me some advice on how to pray, and he's like, I'll write a book for you. <laughs> and so it's probably just like 30 or 40 pages, but Luther, I mean, the only part I remember of it is he he just shows kind of in practice what the barber could do. One of them is praying the Lord's prayer petition by petition. He's pray, hallowed be your name, Father. And then you just, anything you can think of, why should I praise God? For what mm. in my life should I praise God? Uh, you pray that. Until Mm -hmm. you kind of run out of things to say, then you move on to your kingdom come Mm -hmm. and ask for God's kingdom to come in many different uh, areas of your life Mm -hmm. or the world. And let's go by petition by petition. And the beauty of that approach is it gives you a path to follow, a mental path to follow, which in terms of solutions to our prayer struggles is one of the most important things. And that's, as I was mentioning earlier, praying the scriptures gives you a path to follow you mm-hmm. have a plan <laughs> yeah and then you can just follow that path luther also i think he go he shares examples from the 10 commandments praying through that and from the apostles creed mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken but yeah super helpful super i, I love short books mm-hmm. there's so many books out there that don't you know you could cut out 80 yeah. pages and like you actually don't lose anything
1: um it's hard to beat martin luther too
2: yeah i think
1: yeah so I, I was getting ahead of myself, though, with resources. You start off the book by giving us the why we pray. Why should we pray? And uh, you refer to, in a footnote, a YouTube video from um, oh, yeah. a TED Talk, Simon... Simon Sinek. Yeah, Simon Sinek. And I watched it. It's like 18 minutes long. And I and I remember actually watching it before, like probably like 10 years ago, because it's older. And um, he... he he talks about the the why, why being the most important kind of thing that that you need to keep at the center, and then like the what and the how kind of go from there. Which is kind of how you structure your book. You know, you start with the why should we pray, and then more the what and the and the how and the practical things later on. Uh, but talk about the why um, should we pray? What are what are some of the reasons, and what did you um, base your why
2: off of? Yeah give you some of the background to that chapter I knew early on. I just think it's a great way to start. Like, why should I be doing this? Yeah. Because like you said, if you don't have clarity on the, why you're going to lose track of what you're even doing. Yeah.
1: Like I, like I grew up wrestling and wrestling practices were horrible. And you know, you roll around with other sweaty guys and it's cold and it's dirty and it's disgusting. And unless you fungus or yeah, you you get fungus, And unless you hold on to the why, it's like, you will never show up, you know, unless you hold on to that why.
2: Yeah. And if you have the wrong why, like I need to earn God's acceptance Mm. by having an amazing prayer life, that's going to totally distort your prayer life as well. Um, And and I knew I wanted to start with the why, and I, I thought, I'll just list a bunch of reasons why we pray. And I started thinking about it, and I had... I just had so many reasons all over the place mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't share a list of like 50 or 60 things in the first chapter. That's like the worst start out mm-hmm. to a book ever. Uh, but the Lord showed me quickly, like the Lord's prayer actually kind of has everything mm-hmm. we need. And it's, I, I think of it as a comprehensive teaching. I, I think in the book I call it Jesus's 52 word masterclass on prayer mm-hmm. because it it's all in there and everything we could ever pray for you can actually kind of file under one of the petitions of the Mm. Lord's Prayer. And in that book, I walk through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, So the Lord's Prayer has six petitions. I I share seven reasons to pray, Mm. and I break off those first couple words, our Father in heaven, to remind us that probably the most important thing about prayer is that we're praying to God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we can't forget that he is our Father, that we have a, a real relationship with him. God isn't like the force from Star Wars, some mystical power in the universe mm-hmm. that, you know, we can't really understand. He's not like a, a demanding boss that is going to get mad at us if we don't have, you know, a certain type of performance that we put in. He's not like an ATM or Santa Claus who's going to give us whatever mm-hmm. we want Amen. without uh, wanting a real relationship. He's a father. Mm-hmm. And that not only shows us his love for us, but it also helps us understand Mm -hmm. some things like when we don't get the answers to prayer Mm -hmm. that we want, because, Mm -hmm. you know, God is a wise father and disciplines his children at times and knows what's best for them. And um, I know that if I got everything I asked for in prayer, I'd very quickly become Mm -hmm. a a prideful brat, Mm -hmm. right? And prayer Mm -hmm. isn't about getting stuff, Mm -hmm. right? It's about knowing God and uh, honoring him. And um, thankfully uh, we can ask God for mm-hmm. stuff too. That's kind of the second half of the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, we pray for our daily bread, forgiveness, and uh, help against temptation. And so I, I love the Lord's prayer. And I think that really for, that's the first thing I recommend everybody memorize. Mm-hmm. You should memorize the Lord's prayer. It's interesting to think that it's probably the most repeated words in human history. Um, and some people mm-hmm. may have, a not the greatest experience of that in the past, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the religious tradition they grew up in, but, uh, Jesus gave his disciples these words to pray. Mm-hmm. And so I think we should take them to heart. And, uh, I think we can pray like Martin Luther did mm-hmm. use it as a template for prayer is extremely helpful uh, I also like to recommend, and this is another great practical tool that came out of writing the book that uh, I use all the time, is praying the Lord's Prayer specifically for someone. This gives you words. If you want to know what to pray for your your kid before they go to bed or if you, you're going through a trial and you just, you don't have words, what should I even say to God? Just take that struggle through the Lord's Prayer. Ask God to be glorified in it. Ask His mm-hmm. kingdom to come in it, <laughs> His will to be done in it. Ask for provision of the wisdom and help you need. Ask for forgiveness for the sin that you can bring to uh, whatever trial you're going through, and and ask for His protection. Mm-hmm. It's uh, glorious, and it helps us be well-rounded in what we pray for, and and like it encourages you too. It it reveals sin in your life because you mm-hmm. have to ask. Well, what do I need? forgiveness for. Oh, shoot. I need more of the Lord. But beautiful thing is that God in the Lord's Prayer invites us to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. be a faithful Christian if you don't ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That
1: that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, I think of it as, and I think of prayer as like aligning me myself with reality. And you had another memorable um, image in the book that that I haven't forgotten. And that is of, uh, someone with a, on a boat, like, yeah, a little boat and with a rope on, and then the ropes towards the shore. And when you, uh, when you pull on the rope, if the ropes, ropes tethered to something on shore, you don't pull the shore, you don't pull the land towards yourself. But when you pull on that rope, the boat obviously goes towards the shore. And like, that's a amazing picture of, Um, what I want out of prayer, it's like, God, I'm not trying to pull you, (laughs) you, this huge, the earth to me, but rather I'm trying to align myself Mm -hmm. with you and pull myself to you. And the Lord's prayer for me, like does that. Like when I stray, it's like, okay, let's get back to our father in heaven. How would be thy name, you know, and align myself and those I pray for, like you said, uh, with that reality.
0: Yeah. I was reading, um, R.C. Sproul has a little book called Saved From What? In one of the chapters, it talks about prayer. And he says prayer, and I'm not quoting directly, but he basically said prayer isn't about us telling some God doesn't already know. It's about basically cultivating a relationship with him. Mm. And I was just like, wow, like, mm. That, that just makes so much sense because we know God knows all, right? So he knows everything. So I'm not telling him something he don't know, but it's all about the relational aspect mm-hmm. of me dedicating time to spend with him, you know, the intimacy of me pouring my innermost thoughts and heart out to him. And just the more I do that, the it goes right along with your analogy of like pulling that rope and it's like it's pulling me closer mm-hmm. to him. Not pulling him closer to me because he's always with me, right? Mm-hmm. He's always around, mm-hmm. so it's not a proximity problem for us and God. It's mm-hmm. a proximity problem for our heart and our mind towards God, and prayer bridges that gap or closes it in, at least for me. And so I just mm-hmm. thought, man, that was really, I, that really just stood mm-hmm. out to me. Um, and so I've been telling people that a lot. Yeah.
2: And that all comes back to praying in faith, right? Faith oh, that yeah, yeah. God is real, that He exists, yep. that He, as uh Hebrews six eleven says, He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that
1: that gets us into like why we don't pray. And your two reasons were I'll let you elaborate on that, faith and like why don't people pray? You say because well, we don't really believe, right? Yeah.
2: Often we lack faith and so mm-hmm. we're not we're not even thinking about God or yeah. the need to pray. And I, I think that's the
0: biggest struggle in prayer Absolutely. is just prayerlessness. Yeah. Like, like if I don't
1: believe in Lewis, if I don't believe Lewis is sitting right here, I'm not going to talk with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. If I didn't believe my car was going to start, I wouldn't have got in and hit yeah. the button this morning. I would have been like, oh, I need to find another way. Yeah. No, I agree, man. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, like actually after I accepted Christ, the very, very next thing I was taught, with the guy that presented the gospel to me was learn how to pray. Mm -hmm. That was the very first thing. And the first thing he did was went to the book of Psalms.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Like I remember like it was yesterday. And so I'm not saying I pray the Psalms all the time, but that beginning part for me set me on a journey of trying to become this phrase that people say a prayer warrior, Um, you know, whether you believe in that or like that phrase or not, but like, I do believe like I'm not gonna waste my time talking to God about something if I don't actually believe he will do it. And yeah. it's not even a question of can. Mm-hmm. Of course he can. He can do everything but sin. So he can, but I'm believing like, yeah, God, like I'm I guess I'm stupid or crazy enough to believe that he actually will answer my prayers. Maybe not how I like it, but and that's why I feel I, I feel freedom when I pray. I feel I can be bold and audacious when I pray. Because I'm just gonna be me, and God wired me the way I am, and I'm not gonna be disrespectful mm-hmm. to Him. You know, I'm gonna fear the Lord. You know, I'm gonna reverently say, you know, you're you, and I'm me, and I'm nothing. But like here I go,
2: and we can be confident because of what Christ has done. He's mm-hmm. our great High Priest. Amen. We have access through Him, and yeah. God also knows what we're gonna bring to Him and what we need before we even ask. That's right. So That's right. What confidence and joy we can have in approaching Him, knowing that knowing that God invites us.
0: Yeah. I remember some of the most significant things in my life were all predicated on prayer. Some of the darkest times mm. of my Christian life when I was afraid or when I was mm. about to greatly sin. And I literally, literally with tears, audibly cried out to God. And he acted quickly. Mm. And it spooked me. Mm. It spooked me. So I, I, I think, those things like that are what gave me the faith to actually believe God will answer my prayers. And I think the opposite of, is true. When people haven't experienced that, then what what's drawing them to continue to do it? Because if they haven't seen God or either they're not looking and acknowledging that it is God, is one of those two things. Because I think God is always active and moving in our lives, um, but we're too busy to see you know, or here, whatever, so...
1: I want to talk about uh, community and prayer Lewis mm. was talking about uh, the first thing that they told him to do was to pray and um, you mentioned a story in your book about um, I think it was a female a lady who whose faith struggled until she, she uh, was around other Christians and witnessed them pray and saw their living true vibrant relationship uh, with God so how important is is community to our to our prayer, to our prayer life?
2: Yeah, extremely important. And I think it's extremely important at a more foundational level for everything we do as believers because mm-hmm. we're we're sheep, right? Jesus is our good shepherd. And, you know, if you see a sheep straying on its own, disconnected from the flock, like usually think that sheep is either rabid or hurt and maybe dying, like it's not good. Mm-hmm. And so we just in general need the body of Christ. Like all the images of, uh, the church are, you know, their community images. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at, uh, putting on the armor of God in Ephesians six, that's not a, an individual thing. It's mm-hmm. a something, you know, we don't see the you plurals in the English language in the Bible, but we're supposed to stand firm together mm-hmm. in faith. In Christ, in His power, and it's interesting. At the end of that passage, there's a lot. There's a focus on prayer, praying at all times in the Spirit on all occasions uh, for all of the saints. Um, and so, prayer is so important as uh, as a community of believers. And I love. There's a quote by Pastor John. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Starts with an. Starts o. with an O. Yeah. He he wrote the Orange Book in the Nine Marks series on prayer. Uh, that. Uh, church, churches, Christian communities are like a greenhouse for prayer that allows our mm. prayers to thrive, and I think that that also points back to faith because it's communities of faith. As we're together, we're around God's word, we're sharpening each other, building each other's faith. Like prayer is natural when, when we're praying, when uh, when our faith is being built. And that's mm-hmm. why one of the greatest encouragements or the best things we can do to better our prayer life is. Go to church. Mm. Uh, so when
1: prayer is a struggle, ask yourself, am I around other people who are praying?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really good. We can also learn prayer just naturally as we hear them. I mean, we learn to speak by, you know, having people speak to us and mm-hmm. kind of copying them growing up. Mm-hmm. And prayer can be the same thing. We learn to speak to God by hearing how other people speak mm-hmm. to God.
1: Mm-hmm. As I as you say that, I, rem- I recall that one of the... I, I don't I can't I can't remember his name, but when I was in college and first exposed to praying Christianity and to real to real Christians like that, there was a guy who would pray and he would always start his prayers um, saying "Holy Father," and um, I picked that up. Like mm-hmm. I learned to speak like that, and I think I think that's what I always say as well when I start my prayers. Uh, based on um based on that guy so um
0: I think that's interesting you bring that up because I can remember several individuals in my life as you were saying that mm-hmm. that have impacted the way I pray you mm-hmm. know and there's different things one guy was like boldness one guy was like humility and it's like you can be bold and humble at the same time you know and then another guy like the sincerity You know, just so tender, so sincere, Mm. almost like childlike, you know, a little child looking up to their father. Mm. So, like, those people played a significant part in my life. And it wasn't like they were teaching me how to pray, but it was me being around them Mm -hmm. so much, Mm -hmm. praying in prayer meetings or what have you. And just something about that just kind of shaped and made me be the prayer person that I am. And I'm, I'm thankful for those individuals. I really am. Really am.
1: Each of them brings out something different about God that we didn't know or realize before. Mm-hmm. Like with all with all uh, relationships, um. So you also say love for God is another reason that people may not pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's going on with that one? You think?
2: Yeah, I think if we love God, we want to honor Him in all we do, and we're going to realize that we can't do that well for more than two seconds without His help. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be dependent on Him and come to Him in prayer. And in the book, I say yeah. something like, faith is the, the breath in our lungs of praying, and uh, love for God is the heartbeat of mm-hmm. prayer. And that as we believe in Him and we love Him, uh, which so often is our response to His love for us, mm-hmm. we realize like, wow, God has given us such a gift in prayer, access to Him, communion with Him, He'll, he can strengthen us, He can help us in every way we need, and He wants us to know more of Him, mm-hmm. and that's that's how you move forward in prayer. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is that we can ask God for more faith and for more love mm-hmm. for Him because we always need that.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and His love towards us it draws us. Like I've, yeah. I've said before that my dog do, doesn't come to me when I'm angry and yelling at him. Mm. <laughs> he runs the other way, but when i'm tender and i hold out a treat especially then it'll come to me mm-hmm. yeah. so and I, to quote luther again uh, luther said that we have to know that god is good towards us mm-hmm. in order to come to him
2: and that makes me think of uh, hebrews 6:11 11, or 11:6 11, yeah. again that god rewards those who earnestly seek him mm-hmm. so he's got doggy treats for us too yeah. <laughs> prayer and and i love as we talk about faith yeah. and love i think about just how much of a theme that is in Paul's epistles. So often he'll open an epistle. I thank my God for you guys because of your faith and love. And I used to mm. skip over that. Like, oh yeah, he kind of says that about everybody. But mm. faith is what differentiates us from the entire world, right? We're justified by faith in Christ. It's a gift of God and we're saved and God's spirit lives in us. And it, it it's what makes us, helps us know God. And so we need faith for the mm-hmm. christian life we need to walk by faith and not by sight mm-hmm. and amen love is you know the distinguishing mark of a christian in this world and so we need more faith and more love and we can ask god for mm-hmm. it because we often i mean god has given us uh, a start if we're in christ and mm-hmm. born again but we're going to continually need to grow and need his help to do that
0: mm-hmm. yeah i've just listened to a podcast on the way over here and Um, the host was saying that they are more and more coming to the realization that it's about love. And the person said they're not as much now caught up on the preciseness of the person's doctrine as opposed to the actual love. Hmm. And I was just like, wow, you know, like that's such a big thing. Like, you know, protect your doctrine, know your doctrine, like, and, and and they even said like doctrine's important. They're not they said, I'm not saying doctrine isn't important, but it's like to be if I had to be a stickler or one is more well, I don't say more important, but what, what am I starting to see more and more the greater importance in it's love. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll know we we're Christians by our love. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily our doctrine, but they'll know we're Christians by our love. So
2: yeah, and love is the measure of doctrine doing its thing, yeah, right? Mm, like, yeah. you really grasping doctrine at a more than intellectual level, and mm-hmm. it makes that journey down to your heart and comes out of your life, and that that's why, you know, we need to read the Bible not just for information, but for transformation. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I couldn't wait to get to the chapter on guilt, <laughs> and that being a reason why people don't pray, because that's uh, something that I wrestle with, and mm. something that comes out mm. in my life, I— you know, use it as an excuse, like, Oh, I feel so guilty. So God doesn't want to hear my, hear my prayers. And I was thankful you had, you had a whole chapter uh, on that. What were some of the things you found uh, with that?
2: Yeah. I think there are two main ways that guilt can be an obstacle in prayer or two main types of guilt. One is that we feel guilty because we don't have the prayer lives that we think God wants us to have, which is probably always true. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, shouldn't be an obstacle and I'll get into why. Mm -hmm. Um, And another reason, in addition to, you know, our prayer lives is, you know, we have sin in our lives. We're uh, all in the process of sanctification and sometimes, you know, there are different seasons where there's some sins that are harder to battle than others. And Mm -hmm. um, especially if we're not battling that well, (laughs) the, the shame and guilt that comes from that sin might make us hide from God. You know, mm-hmm. I think of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. hiding from God in Genesis 3 after they sinned. But, you know, we need to have the the mentality that scripture wants us to have. Um, and I, I quote, I think it's Thomas Brooks uh, in that chapter who says, to think that because, this is a paraphrase, mm-hmm. um, to think that because I've sinned, I can't go to God. Uh, that's the devil's logic, mm-hmm. We, as, as believers, we realize we're, we have sinned, but what's the cross for? Mm-hmm. We can go to God and bring him our sin. Yeah. And, uh, that's we why can... we should go to God. Exactly. And instead of seeing guilt as something that should keep me from God, if we feel guilty, that's evidence I need to go to God. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. to lay my sins at the foot of the cross mm. and thank him for what he's given us mm-hmm. in Christ and also take uh, his word at first mm-hmm. John one, nine, that if we confess our sins, mm-hmm. he is faithful mm-hmm. and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from a little bit of unrighteousness. <laughs> no, no oh, from all yeah. unrighteousness. Amen. And that's, that's <clears throat> part of being a Christian. That's mm-hmm. part of the, the repentance mm-hmm. journey we're mm-hmm. all on. And r- coming to that realization for me was maybe the biggest game changer in 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 my fight against sin is no i don't need to hide from god he already knows everything i've done and mm-hmm. thought and you know he knows a million other sins i've committed mm-hmm. but i need to take this to him because there's a cleansing power of confession
0: mm-hmm. Man, and well, how foolish foolish of us to think we can hide from god yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like saying oh i'm sick so i should I shouldn't go to the doctor. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. that is the devil's logic. Yeah. It, it makes no sense at all.
0: One of the things I kind of wrestled with years ago with prayer was this, and I love to hear what your thoughts. So based on, the, you know, me praying in my relation, my personal relationship with God, a situation would occur, like maybe someone's sick or a prayer request. And I felt like, I'm praying for this thing. I'm trusting and believing that God is going to act. Don't know how, but I know he is. And not really feeling compelled to continue to pray. Because in my mind, is that not a demonstration of a lack of faith? And of course, Scripture like kind of speaks against that a little bit, you know, with the persistent widow when she keeps going to the mm-hmm. judge and finally he acts. And so definitely I think there's some Scripture that speaks to One, it's okay to keep praying with persistence to God, but I always kind of find myself vacillating between the two because um, I always go back to in my heart and in my mind, I'm settled in the thing I pray for, whether it be for someone or something for me personally, um, and I would just leave it at that. And so where I'm at now is if it's something that troubles me, that comes to mind and there's an unrest or uneasiness, then I feel okay with with just getting that kind of off my chest to God. And I don't feel for me that that's demonstrating a lack of faith, it's just me in the flesh feeling some type of way. But ultimately I do feel like when I'm praying for something, like you give me a prayer list and like I've been in prayer meetings where we end up with a list with 20 things and we end up with 250 things. Yeah, yeah, for years doing that, fasting and praying. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it just it it dulled my senses and it put me in this mindset of just going through the motions. But anyway, mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts about that? Like praying once and just having faith, God is going to act, or continuing to pray? Like, what do you what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule to apply. It kind of depends on the request and the situation, but it is good to persevere in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think of. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane pleaded three times to, you know, have the cup of the cross taken from Mm -hmm. him or Paul three times that the thorn would be Mm -hmm. taken. And, you know, God didn't answer them in the way they wanted in the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it worked out so much better because God's plans Mm -hmm. are always best. Um, But there is, on the other hand, you know, there are some things we can entrust to God and we don't have to worry about. And we can trust, you know, I, I put this in God's hands and, I've even asked prayer to God, like Lord, help me know if I should keep praying for this or
0: not. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and okay. it's okay
2: to it's okay to ask God that, and I I don't think God's gonna hide His will mm-hmm. from you in mm-hmm. that. And if it if it's still coming to your mind and your heart, then He probably wants you to still pray mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, okay, and and one of the other things I recommend for prayer is having. You know, week, daily, or weekly, or monthly kind of rhythms and some requests. Like some things you are not going to pray for every day, but maybe if you you get organized and kind of develop a system, which is something I recommend. Uh, you know, maybe every month you'll pray for
0: something. Mm, okay.
2: Um, it's it's easy to give up on important things like praying for someone's salvation. It's easy to think, Oh, this person is so far from God. I've prayed for years and nothing's happening. I heard a, an encouraging story the other day of a, a lady who prayed for her unsaved husband for years and years and years that he would come to know the Lord. She so desperately wanted a marriage centered on Jesus and a one honoring to the Lord where they could seek him together. And she, I think she got cancer and wound up dying mm. sadly. So she didn't see in her lifetime, the answer to that prayer, but mm. Uh, the gospel is preached at her funeral, and after hearing it again, her husband got saved at her mm. funeral. Wow! And so God <laughs> answered her prayer That's after her lifetime, and that encourages me. Like I may, it may not seem like God is doing mm-hmm. anything through my prayers, but maybe He's going to answer the prayer in a hundred mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I should still pray it. We yeah. had uh,
1: yeah. that reminds me. We had uh, Dr. Ingrid Farrow on a few episodes ago. This Old Testament scholar and she made a big deal about seeds, like words as seeds and the kind of words and seeds that you plant. Kind of along the lines, you reap what you should sow kind of thing. But challenging us to think about the seeds that are sown into our lives and the seeds that we sow out there, that they will, you know, eventually you want them to be good. But prayer to me is like, those are good seeds, you know? And I think of that example with that woman, she was sowing these good Mm God-honoring seeds over
2: and over and over. And eventually they took root, right? amazing thing about a seed is that, you know, it could fit in the palm of your hand. You could maybe have like a hundred in the palm of your hand, but each of those seeds could in generations be a forest, Mm -hmm. right? If you plant it Mm -hmm. and it grows, then they have Mm -hmm. more seeds that are planted and grow. And uh, I think of Mm -hmm. prayer like that that we're we're praying for people to get saved, mm. praying for, you know, ministries to advance, yeah. the gospel to move. And we don't know what God is going to yeah, do. Yeah, who knows yeah. what God's going to yeah. do with your prayers. I also
1: think about medieval castles <laughs> and medieval churches that they that they build. Like it would take a couple hundred years to build one of these huge things. And if you're that simple bricklayer or whatever you're doing, you're just doing your part. Mm, mm. Maybe you work on it for ten years of your life and you yeah. die. And the work, the work continues and and you're contributing to something and, Mm
0: -hmm. and perhaps
1: all of our prayers are like that.
0: Yeah. That's the same thing I think about in ministry in general, like Mm -hmm. with evangelism, like, you know, especially what I do going into jails and prisons and, you know, it's transient in a lot of ways. And so it's like, I, I never really see the outcome, you know, and they used to bother me in the beginning Mm -hmm. until I realized I was focusing on the wrong thing you know my focus isn't on like i don't lead people to christ i'm not responsible for a person being saved like that's all god's work mm-hmm. my responsibility is sharing the gospel mm-hmm. presenting jesus in a biblical way and then letting god and the holy spirit do do what they're going to do
2: mm-hmm. that's pretty freeing and motivating to
0: yeah. be faithful and yeah. so it and is cuz i found myself hitting my head against the wall mm-hmm. and praying like crazy asking why god why god why god and it's like I'm looking for the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in ministry, it can be so competitive because as people use data to promote their ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like the anti-data guy. Not that I'm against it, but it's like, how many people got saved last year through your ministry? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Or it might be two. And they're like, I'm like, yep, two. Two. People that expressed that they confessed and that they accepted Christ, and that's it, and praise God. Mm -hmm. You know, they're looking for some grandiose number, like churches. say We baptized 400 people last year, and it's like, that's great. But it's like there could have been a whole lot more people got baptized that just didn't do it at your church that you don't know about. So I don't know. I feel like I'm just playing a role. Like I'm on a baseball team. I'm playing shortstop.
2: Got to be faithful. Got to be a faithful shortstop, right? It's also amazing that, like, the – the powers that be,
1: the higher up, whoever don't ask you how many people did you pray for last year. Mm, yeah. Like we oh, yeah, we yeah. totally discount that, right? It's like yeah. as if that's not
2: important, as if it doesn't do things. And yeah, yeah, numbers are so easy to manipulate. And you know, are all those people genuinely saved or just checking a box mm-hmm. on a card?
1: And yeah. yeah, speaking of bumper stickers, I want to go mm. to a bumper sticker <laughs> moment I saw in your book. Going back to the feeling guilt when we pray Mm -hmm. um, scenario, uh, I like what you said. And then I was starting to get a little nervous halfway through the chapter because I was like, okay, Kevin, sometimes um, there's a bumper sticker there. And for me, it is um, like you sin, you're guilty and you don't want to pray, and then someone says, oh, you're forgiven, don't worry, and then I'm like, oh, great, I'm forgiven, Mm. don't worry about it, and I'll just keep praying, presuming upon God's grace, and then not fixing what I need to fix in my life, not repenting of the sin Mm. I need to repent of in my life. So you're like, so you caught that bumper sticker, which is great, and so you're like, hold on, if like you keep trying to pray, and you still feel guilty, guess what? (laughs) There's work to do. Mm-hmm. There's a sin you need to find
2: and repent of. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I love the analogy. I can't remember who I quote, but uh confessing your sin is like taking out the trash. Yeah. Taking out the trash of our spiritual lives. And we need to do it regularly or else it piles up and gets stinky and mm. causes all other problems and invites rodents. And you know, you could mm. keep going down in that analogy. Mm. But yeah, probably a good thing to confess our sins every day or as Mm -hmm. much as possible Mm -hmm. and uh, as we're reading scripture and and god exposes sin you know right there and then Mm -hmm. examine your heart and ask god for help and for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and um, because sin is like cancer in us and it it, i mean the the mindset on the flesh is death right according to romans 8 and Mm -hmm. first peter 2 says that our, our flesh wages war against our souls so if we're not taking sin extremely seriously in our lives, we're we're damaging our own souls. Mm-hmm. It's like eating or drinking poison, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we need to, by the power of the spirit, put the sin to death, mm-hmm. like Amen. Romans eight says. And prayer is an important part mm-hmm. of doing that. We ask God for help. We uh ask him for his help putting it to death and kind of examine the the sin and you know what led up to it. Why am I having these thoughts, what are the desires behind it Mm -hmm. and, uh, take it seriously. And I think, Mm -hmm. uh, I I can't remember everything I say in that chapter, but one of the points I make is that we should mourn over our sin, not just do a, oh, God, forgive me for this. Okay. Move on. You know, like a drive through type confession, like Mm -hmm. camp out on, uh, how bad that sin is Mm -hmm. and, uh, mourn over it. You know, like Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And mourning over sin is a great way to take the pesticides to the weed of sin in our Mm -hmm. lives.
1: You give several, several tools for prayer in the book. And I was like, surprised about how many good quality ones uh, that there are, like strategies, acronyms, methods, tools. Uh, What are some of the best ones that you found and that people have responded to? You also did a prayer survey. Mm -hmm. And so you got like real data from people and their Mm -hmm. struggles and that. And, and probably some of the tools that uh, people have responded to the most. But what did you find tool-wise?
2: Yeah, I'll share a couple that are the most helpful for me, and people have mentioned how these are helpful. One I mentioned is the Lord's Prayer uh, already. Uh, one method to pray scripture, you don't need a method to just respond to scripture and prayer, but if you want a little more structure, it's called the 3R Method. Mm-hmm. and learn that from Ben Patterson, who wrote a good book on praying the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, there's three words. And if you write these down on a sticky note and put it in your Bible and just remember to use these three words, it could be the most helpful thing for you. It's rejoice, repent, and request. Mm-hmm. So if you come across a verse, like when Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, rejoice, praise God that he is a God of love, and not like so many other quote-unquote gods in this world that say, you know, strap a bomb to yourself and kill your enemies Mm -hmm. or try and cancel your enemies, you know, like Mm -hmm. some of the secular gods Mm -hmm. these days, uh, but love your enemies and care for them. God is a God of love. Wow. Just that little nugget can lead you to worship, and then it should expose sin as well. It's like, well, I I haven't loved my enemies. I haven't Mm -hmm. prayed for those, and I, I actually... Sometimes I hate them too,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's we need tough. to
2: confess that. But mm-hmm. as we, as we do in mm-hmm. prayer and repent, God, God helps us mm-hmm. and then request ask, ask God for his help for you and for others in your life. Mm-hmm. And so that rejoice, repent and request is one very helpful framework. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helpful. Something else that's been helpful for me is being organized in prayer. And I share a few methods for that. One of the, surprising quotes I came across was from a, a lady who wrote, she's a pastor's wife. I think she's an editor for the Gospel Coalition. She's written a book or two on prayer. Uh, her name is Megan Hill. And she said, the most helpful thing for me in prayer is just being organized, mm. <laughs> just mm. thinking through it. And challenge for anybody listening is take five minutes and take a sheet of paper and divide it into seven columns, one for each day of the week, and then just try and get your prayer life organized put some scriptures that you want to pray over yourself put them on there put people in your life put you know different situations your church your work whatever else Mm -hmm. you're doing in life just get organized and then every day you can add to it a little bit Mm -hmm. and that gives you a path to follow Mm -hmm. and you can be faithful interceding for people and when people say hey i I need you to pray for me you just put that person down in a slot and you actually
0: do pray for them Mm -hmm. I know one thing that that had become a pet peeve of mine over the years with praying for other people is, you know, you have been Bible study, small groups, life groups, men's groups, all these different groups and all these different things, and people have prayer requests because that's a part of living the Christian life. And people submit requests, and like I'm a person that takes prayer seriously, and it's like if I'm pr- like I'm praying for something that you requested, and it's like, and I don't get an update. And it's like I'm praying for grandma. Grandma died like six months ago. You know, and so it's like, I don't know, I find it challenging dealing with other people with their prayer requests because it's almost like like you like if it's left up to me to follow up, I'm gonna be spending half my life following up with all these <laughs> prayer requests people gave me. So I don't know, have you ever thought about that before or
2: Yeah, and I, I think I think some prayer requests you can roll off your prayer list and be like, you know, one and done.
0: Yeah, or, yeah.
2: you know, I'm going to pray about this, but not extremely regularly. And I also have the app, the PrayerMate app, which is pretty helpful. It's like a digital system of prayer cards. And you can say, you tell me like, hey, Kevin, pray for this. I can pull it up right away, put it in a prayer card and say, I'm going to pray for Lewis weekly because it's not a daily thing. But okay. I, I still want to pray for him. And then as you're cycling through the cards in your
0: prayer session, it'll pop up and man that's dope like what's that called again prayer mate prayer mate man y'all hear that it's free. Mean, yeah well that's that's even better can you
1: use that and shut off everything else on your phone <laughs> you can put
2: it in air, the phone in airplane mode
1: and it'll still work
2: yeah nice yeah so i do that sometimes i like the you know just one sheet of paper mm-hmm. that i fold in half tuck in my bible mm-hmm. that's I'm, helpful too i'm trying
0: to get away from paper man i'm about 50 but i'm trying to get like them young folks you know, i so like the
1: journaling idea about writing on paper sorry mm-hmm. lewis well, you can type it but you know. about uh yeah typing or writing down your pra- prayers i think that's i don't know that's really it will be hard
0: for me to do because i can't type and i'm windy like long-winded <laughs> so yeah that, but for like, some people it'd be hard for me to type my prayers out
1: what other tools
0: let's see
2: those are the the ones at the forefront of my mind. There's a lot of them in the book.
0: Yeah. Well, So that's why a they got to get the book. Ones. Yeah. When prayer book. is a struggle. I mean, I think that title, like, did you come up with that? Did a publishing company come up with that?
2: I came up with it. And I maybe that's the reason why they decided to give me a book contract, a good title. Usually that's publishers title. decide the title. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. That's do a good title. about it. I mean, so. when I
0: read that, if I was a and I'm not saying I don't struggle in some areas of prayer because I do. But I hear so often, like, I, I just happen to encounter so many people who call themselves Christians that are scared to pray out loud or they say mm-hmm. they don't know what to pray. And so, like, I, I, I want to get some of them books, man. I might need to get, like, I want to get, like, a case of them, but I need, like, mm-hmm. a discount or something because I want to be able to hand them out to people, man, because the title, like, I can't see a person that struggles with prayer seeing that and not saying, this is a mm-hmm. answer to prayer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Be, so... So get the book, y'all, when prayer is a struggle. It's, if it's not a struggle for you, I guarantee yeah. you know at least one person that struggles to pray. Where can they get the book, Kevin? It's on Amazon. It's on Westminster Books. There's
2: an audio book. I think on Audible and Amazon and a number yeah, of other places. The audio you know, great. Mm-hmm. Man,
0: is it your voice or somebody else? It is not mine, oh, which okay. is a
2: blessing to all the listeners. I'm oh, sure. oh I've, man. I I've never recorded that. an audiobook, so maybe okay. maybe another time.
0: Well, yeah, I, I think it's a great title. I think people should get the book. I'm going to get some copies of it. I'm, I haven't read it, and I'm going to. Um, and I'm going to pass some copies out to people I know right now as I'm thinking, some people that could really benefit mm-hmm. from that. And um, I think probably what I'm going to do is get some copies. Um, so when I go into the jail, like we're going to go over to each chapter. Thoroughly with mm-hmm. some of my Bible study groups mm-hmm. because there's no doubt there's going to be great stuff in there for them to learn that can help yeah. them develop and cultivate a prayer life.
1: Like you anticipate each of the struggles and each of the areas so well and it's simply simply written but a lot of uh, depth in there too. I just want to read the um, chapter title so people get an idea. Chapter one, I forget why prayer matters. Chapter two, I don't know what to pray. Chapter three, I feel too guilty to pray. Mm. Four, I'm not sure God hears me. Five, I have mixed motives. Six, I can't focus. Seven, I'm so unorganized. Eight, I'm too stressed. And then nine, I'm too busy. And then you conclude by
0: the struggle is worth it. So that's a great taste Yeah, what it's about. Great job. So get the book, y'all. Support our brother Kevin in his efforts writing this great book. Kevin
1: Halloran, be thy name. (laughs) Ooh.
0: Wow, I don't know <laughs> Maybe what to set that part out. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, but but what I know, pray what I want to say is, th- <laughs> I know what I want to say is thank you. You know, for your time. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Is guys. there any last word or anything you like to leave our listener with as kind of a last remark? It's so easy to talk about prayer and then not pray. So why don't I pray? And
2: I'll do my favorite thing, which is pray in response to part of Scripture. Uh, this is Romans 12, 1 and 2, which has been on my heart and mind a lot mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. I'll read it and then I'll say a quick prayer and then we'll close things out. All right. This is after 11 chapters of a glorious unpacking of everything God has done for us in Christ. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect father we thank you for all the mercies you've given us in christ lord it would take us the rest of our lives to mention everything but lord we we thank you for the cross we thank you for inviting us into your family uh, through what christ has done thank you that we can call you father Lord. And we ask, uh, that you help us, Lord, present our entire lives and our bodies as living sacrifices, help us grow in prayer and help us grow in joy and worship in prayer as we contemplate who you are, Lord, as you, uh, reveal t- to us who you are in your word. Father, I ask that you would help, uh, Lewis and Sam and myself and everyone listening, not be conformed to this world, Lord. So many popular lies, Lord, uh, in this culture, Lord, even so many uh, unhelpful ways of thinking that may come into the church or our heads, we pray that you would help us not uh, be pressed into those molds, but be transformed as we fill our minds with your word. I would uh, prayer be more and more natural as we uh, delight in your word more and more and uh, fill our minds more with uh, the riches of your word, Lord. And Uh, Lord, it's amazing here that uh, we can be commanded to be transformed, but Lord, that's your work. Uh, Would you help us lean into that transformation, Father, with everything we do in life? Pray that you would also help us, Lord, in all the different decisions we make and even what to set our minds upon as we're driving around or just the extra time in the day. Help us know what honors you, and would we be able to test and approve your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, for our lives and for day to day and Lord, for the relationships we have, we ask all of this in Jesus
0: name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother, Sam. I don't know how you can follow that up, but you know, any last word? If people
1: um, would consider becoming a BS crew member, uh, we'd be grateful for that. We had a great guest today, Kevin, and we want to keep having guests on and, And people, maybe they don't know that you can become a B.S. Crew member and support us. Go to our website and click on the B.S. Crew tab. You can see the various levels of support, and we'll keep having these great uh, guests on. Amen. And if
0: you have someone you'd like to suggest to be on the show, like email us at bumpstickerfaith at gmail.com. Give us your suggestions. Now, if you give us somebody like, you know, John Piper, DA Carson, Tony Evans like you need to have a like close connection with that person to put us in touch with them cuz we ain't got no ties like that but but we're open for suggestions any topics things like that let us know what's going on so thank you guys for joining us today you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast y'all have a great rest of the week and don't go stepping in no yes peace